And we are back here on the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, it is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to thank JD, John DeShazer, uh, for being a guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, it's always great to talk to JD, a uh, great football mind, follow the New Orleans Saints. You know uh, you're going to get the real deal uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, to Saints football from uh, JD. So, Definitely want to have him back throughout the season. Uh, in a few minutes, uh, we're going to have an interview uh, with Richard Parsh the third, uh, the third, also known as RP3 from RP3 and Company on 103.7 a game. Uh, he's been on here a couple of times, and uh, that's my good buddy right there, man. So we're going to be talking to him about Saints football and also uh, the, the Louisiana uh, Sports Hall of Fame that's coming up, man. He's actually uh, going to have a vote next, so we're going to get his take on that, man. Really excited to here from rp3 but thank you all so much um those that are following back in again uh checking out the state of saints podcast if you didn't check out the interview i just conducted uh with uh, john DeShazer, it's available right now on youtube so i mean it was an exciting football game last night Jameis winston did an outstanding job i mean two drives uh you know marching the team down the field uh you know marcus calloway showing that you know, he is really emerging uh, as that potential number two receiver that we've been missing out on. And the defense has really been stepping up. And I know some people will probably just be like, you know, it's preseason. That's what we talk about. But when you start to see little things improve on your team that you're not accustomed to, uh, you know, in years past, right? For example, we know that the Saints defense usually steps up towards the end of the season. We, we rarely ever see the New Orleans Saints defense uh, play this well early. And you have a lot of young guys on this team that's extremely confident, that, are, that is willing to go out here and really put their best foot forward. You have guys out here that are making plays that probably most likely aren't going to make the team because they're going to be a roster uh, casualty, you know, because it's going to be a very tough decision uh, for – you know these these coaches to make so i mean you look at some of these players that were out here making plays last night and you're just like man you know what i'm saying it's gonna be tough if you're a saints head coach but you know it, it's a good problem to have you know and and i think that we all can agree if we had one thing that we felt you know the saints need to improve on we're glad it's on the offensive side of the football because defensively me personally, I don't feel like the New Orleans Saints could afford uh, to have a, a to start slow defensively this season. Usually, like in seasons past, you can start slow because you had a Hall of Fame quarterback that can actually raise deficits. But you really don't know what you actually have at the quarterback position when it comes to guys actually coming back, erasing deficits. And, and you know, you have some talent on the, at the quarterback position, of course. But you want to make sure that your defense is ready to be able to carry the load. And it's about that time, man. It's about the time that defense steps up, start making plays, handling their business, man, and being a catalyst for this team because the offense for years under Sean Payton has been the leader of this team. So it's good that we're actually seeing a little bit of a transition. And it has a lot to do with the fact that these guys have been together for quite some time, working together, as a cohesive unit, understanding one another, uh, you know what I'm saying, and, and growing together in this defense. So it's good to see, happy to uh, see that the Saints defense 
is making strides to becoming a top 10 defense. And, uh, you know, as long as they continue to play like this, it's going to they're going to create a lot of problems for a lot of uh, quarterbacks and, you know, and offenses uh, down the line. I'll read a few of your comments, uh, you know, while we're waiting for RP3 to uh, come on in. Uh, Slim South says, who that? That might have been the first uh, preseason game that had me hyped. Yeah, I mean, because, look, for the most part, we kind of knew what the Saints team was going to look like. I mean, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, the quarterback position is the most exciting position on the field, to be honest with you. If you have stability at the quarterback position, then most likely everything else is going to kind of fall into place. So I just think that it's just the excitement of the fact of having this competition and and actually seeing something out of the norm that we aren't accustomed to seeing uh, for the past 15 years. And, and, you know, you had like different camp battles, like linebacker, cornerback, but nothing is as as exciting as a quarterback competition. And, um, you know, it is, is, exciting to see uh we will take uh keen shots down the field this year well it's good to have you know it, 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 even if they don't take a, a a huge amount of down the field shots still uh it, it's still a good thing you know what i'm saying because you have to respect Jameis winston's ability to throw the ball down the field to, to be vertical you you have to respect that it can't you can't like just play cover two and just sit on, you know what I'm saying, and sit on the sticks like normally teams were doing in years past because they knew nine times out of ten, Drew at this stage of his career wasn't going to get the ball down the field the way that, you know, most quarterbacks can. So, I mean, you got to respect that. And, and because he has such a live arm, it makes the offense even more dangerous. And if he just so happens to be the starter, which, I mean, why wouldn't he after that performance? You have Taysom Hill that can come in, and that's another threat, right? Now you have to think about, okay, Taysom Hill in the game, if he's going to get the football, is he going to, you know what I'm saying, are they still going to be able to throw the ball down the field? Then you have Alvin Kamara. Then you have all these explosive young players that are out here, man. So there is so much to be excited about if this offense finally lives up to its potential. Uh, But I want to bring in right now a good friend of mine, from RP3 and Company, you can check it out uh, weekdays uh, on 103.7, uh, the game out there in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, my guy, Richard Parch III, also known as RP3. RP3, what's going on, man? How you doing? Man, man we got college football started this coming weekend, NFL in a few weeks, and uh, now uh, everyone involving with the Saints can go ahead and rest easy because uh, we don't have to worry about who's going to be the quarterback because right. I've been telling them that for months now, and now they can listen. <laughs> well, look, let, let me ask you this, uh, RP3. Like, seriously, do you really feel that this was an actual competition or do you just feel like Sean Payton was like, you know, I want to give Taysom a change? I think it was loyalty to Taysom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he's always been loyal to his guy. Taysom is kind of his project. He, he got him from Green Bay. They were able to turn him from a special teams gunner to a guy that could do everything, play tight end, wide receiver, wildcat quarterback. And he wanted to give him an, an opportunity. I do think, you know, last year they were a little restrictive with what they did. I don't think they opened up the offense with him. They took the same approach they did the year before with Teddy Bridgewater, where it was, hey, we'll scale it down a little bit, make it easier for these guys because neither one of them are Drew Brees. Right. So, 
I think it was a legit thing. But look, you see what Winston brings to the table. And everyone focuses on the 30-30. That, that's a year. It's a recurring joke around here, especially in Louisiana. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to break it down. I've said this over and over again on my show. Bruce Arians was hard-headed. Bruce Arians has a huge ego. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach who has a notorious reputation of having his quarterbacks in the first year in his system throw for a bunch of interceptions because he's always throwing the ball. Right. It took a come to baby Jesus meeting, as I like to call it, with Tom Brady, former NFL starting quarterback, and a good one in Byron Leftwich, turned offensive coordinator, to sit Bruce Arians down after they lost to that lost to the Saints for the second time right. and go, Coach, listen up. We got Leonard Fournette back here. He can run the ball really well, but we don't let him. Like, they ran the ball, what was it, four or five times an NFL record for fewest rushing attempts in a ball game? Right. What happened after that? After they had that meeting, after they tried to get all on the same page, and Tom Brady's like, look, if we run the ball more, guess what? Now I'm going to have one-on-one coverage with Godwin and Mike Evans. Kronk will be only wide, wide open coverage. Maybe there'll be a smaller cornerback trying to cover him. They did that. The offense flourished, and they ran the ball. And you know what happened after that, TJ? They didn't lose a game. Yep. They didn't lose a game after that. Yep. So – Bruce Arians is known for being hard-headed, and his first his his year with Jameis, they threw the ball all the time, and and there's big changes. Like, so not only was it that you know they added an offensive lineman with the first round with their first round draft pick that made them better across the offensive line. Yep. Uh, Devin White started to flourish on the defensive side of the football. Yep. They started doing other things. They added. All the people that scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl for Tampa weren't on the same team with Jameis Winston. Yep. Okay, so they weren't on the same team, so it's not the same Bucks team. And and look, he had the LASIK. I also think for Jameis, he for the first time in a long time wasn't the guy, mm. and he took that extremely well. He took it in in stride, as they like to say, TJ. And he learned from Drew Brees. He wanted to absorb. And he had a head coach that he could respect, and he felt like the coach respected him, right? I think that's key there. And I think I'm, – I'm not surprised. You've seen him work on his footwork. Uh, his footwork looked really good last night in that preseason game. Once again, I know it's against Jacksonville. Poor Jags. Eventually, they'll move to London, and we won't talk about them at all. But <laughs> they – he was worked on his footwork. He humbled himself. He worked out in the offseason with all the wide receivers – it paid off. He was sharp. And not only was he sharp, you, you could look at he only had one incompletion last night. Yeah. I mean. And he ran with the ones. Offensive line. Look how the O-line worked with Jameis out there. Right? The O-line knows who's the guy. Right? Your offensive line, they, they, they don't lie. They're not, they're not built that way. Yep. They're built that way. They know who's the better guy for them to win ball games. The wide receivers, Callaway, him and Callaway have this rapport that's developed. You can see it. Those two touchdown passes, great catches by Callaway. Yeah. They were also thrown in the only spot where the wide receiver could get them, TJ. Yeah. That's on Jameis. Jameis threw it to a spot behind the DBs that his guy could get. Yeah. So you've seen both of these guys quarterback the 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 number twos, right? Mm-hmm. Who looked better quarterback in the number twos? Jameis did. We've seen them both quarterback the number ones in two preseason games. Who looked better? It's Jameis. Jameis has the better arm talent. Jameis has the better upside. Taysom, I'm not dog and Taysom. 
And the lady that I ran into a couple of years ago at NFL uh, Saints training camp that said, um, let's just say loving things about Taysom Hill so much so that she was kind of hanging around after training camp so she could get a a look, another look at Taysom because she liked Taysom that much. No offense to that lady (laughs) because God bless her. She she loves her some Taysom Hill. Right. Uh, Who doesn't love a BYU Cougar? But (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like Taysom's a great player, great athlete. But for the Saints, the guy that gives them the best chance to win, and that's all that matters. It, it's not, it doesn't matter if you like Taysom or you like Jameis or you don't. It doesn't matter. The, the guy that gives them the best chance to win ballgames yep. is Jameis Winston. And, and that's been that way. I felt that way last year. I felt that way through the draft process. I felt that way all summer. That hasn't changed. It just I, I saw what I knew because I've seen Jameis Winston play. Yeah. Look, I, I think a lot of people just like, Taysom Hill as a person, you you know, from Louisiana, you know how it goes, you know, like we, we like those, those players that's like borderline politicians, you know what I'm saying? Shake hands, kiss babies, say all the right things, do all the right things. And we just want them to succeed so badly that we just completely ignore their imperfections or the fact that they can ask if they are the better person for the job. And I feel like he falls into that category. Is he a fire starter? Absolutely. When he comes into the game, you know he's in there. If I mean, we've seen it in a wild card game versus the Minnesota Vikings a couple of years ago. You know, we've seen it against Tampa, you know, on Sunday night football last year, right? He, he's, a, he's a fire starter. But we're not talking about can he electrify a crowd. We're talking about game in, game out, situational football. Can you deliver the goods consistently? And if you are a betting right. Human being, right? If you're going to Harris Casino downtown in New Orleans, are you putting your money <laughs> on James Caesars Winston? now? Caesars now. Don't forget, it's, it's switched up to Caesars, right? Okay, to Caesars. Yeah, get, okay. Get, they build in the we... new hotel, too, just not on the Superdome. Okay. They, they, they take it over that spot, too. Oh, okay, all right, then. All right, all right. Caesars, all right. It's Caesars. I if won't you tell you how money. I know all these things. I'm not going to tell you why. I don't know. <laughs> hey, well, hey, well, you, yeah, you, cl- you closer to New Orleans than I am as of right now, but, you know, it, it's – you know, like, who are you putting your money on, RP3? That's, that's all I'm saying. You're going to put your money on Jameis Winston to play the quarterback position more effectively than Taysom Hill if if you're just really analyzing the quarterback position. But man, let's talk. He, oh, he, gives you, he, give, he gives you the, the best chance to win, mm-hmm. and Taysom can give you a spark. Right. But here's, here's the thing that I always say with people. Taysom Hill's a great story, right? Yeah. Undrafted practice squad guy, worked his way up, became an NFL starting quarterback. It's great. Great story. Just because it's a great story doesn't mean that the person is a great player. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I think sometimes we get too emotional. Every training camp, every team has great stories, right? Oh, this guy's a great story. Remember a couple of years ago, Cyril Grayson was going to make the roster, the former LSU sprinter. Oh, he's great. He's so fast. He's so a great story. And you know, all the, all the saints beat writers wrote stories on the, on this guy. And, And then he gets cut. And you understand what I'm saying? So, look, great stories are great stories. They can be separate. Jameis Winston gives them the best opportunity to win ball games, plain and simple. Right. I mean, look, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we all seen the the, the classic movie Rudy, right? Rudy tried out for Notre Dame. We wanted Rudy to play and, and start throughout the whole entire movie, but it just wasn't happening. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have the upside and the ability as those other linebackers, okay? It was a beautiful, feel-good story. He got the sack, 
you know what oh, I'm saying, yeah. late in the game and stuff like that in the senior year, it's all good, right? But we're not talking about feel-good stories here. Like you said, we're talking about playing the quarterback position. We're talking about winning football games. and, and, and That's all that me, matters. That, 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 that's it. That That's all that matters. Look, there's some people – that it can contribute doesn't mean that Taysom Hill can't contribute on this team. Doesn't mean that he's going to not play a real big factor in what the Saints can do in that Joker role. Even though I worry a little bit about the fact that he lost some weight to get slimmer to play the quarterback spot. Right. right. And does that mean that he won't be able to line up at tight end, which is now kind of a question mark because Juwan Johnson he's shown flashes, but really his Troutman injury. Even though it looks like he's going to come back. He never he didn't really dazzle in camp either. So tight end's kind of a question mark for this team. But that look, that's it. Look, you saw the offensive line played for Jameis. You see the rapport and the chemistry he already has with the guy who has to be your number one ride receiver. Sorry, Traquan Smith. I like Traquan. I've been rude for Traquan, but Traquan can't stay healthy. Yep. So yep. Marquez Callaway says, I got you. <laughs> Another former Tennessee volunteer says, I got this. Not to worry. I got you. And you can tell that there's a rapport there. And if you're a coach, you see your guy here on the field, and he has a connection with the guy that can catch the ball 60 yards down the field. Yeah. Oh, and the offensive line does really well for him. Well, I'm down. Yeah. I, that, that's that's my guy. That and this, That's just that simple. Yeah. Do you think that we're going to hear uh, who won the starting position by the end of the week? Do you think that uh, Sean Payton is just blowing smoke up the, the up the behinds of the, of, of the beat writers? Or does he legitimately have to go home and sleep on it? I've told you this before. The best That's why I'm laughing. The best version of Sean Payton <laughs> is Petty Sean, right? Mm-hmm. Petty Payton's the best. Because my man likes being petty. And he likes sticking it to people. And he likes kind of having fun with folks. And, uh, no. He, he, look, he told us, what, after the game last night? This doesn't change my. This doesn't change our timeline. This doesn't change our decision making process. Right. We'll still right. get to the point where we make this decision, and it's going to happen. He'll wait. He'll just wait it out. Now, will he even have to say anything to the guys in the locker room? No. Like the cats in the locker room, no. Right. Like yeah. Callaway <laughs> knows. Eric McCoy knows. Ryan Ramchick knows. Teron Armstead knows. Alvin Kamara knows. They know who their guy is. Right. Yep. They know. Once again. People get sensitive about these kind of things. They're like, well, that's being disrespectful. No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with that. They know, once again, those guys across the offensive line, those wide receivers, those tight ends, hell, the kicker, whoever that's going to be for the Saints. (laughs) Okay, could be you, TJ. Show me me your ability. I'm a little too big for kicker. Uh, I don't have to be down on the offensive line. I mean, I don't know now. You know, I mean, you you remember – you remember Sebastian Janikowski now, you know? Oh. <laughs> Jano liked him eating some hot dogs like I do, hey, which apparently hey. it, it reduces your life now these days. So <laughs> I just, you know, you, you see it, they know. And look, those guys have bonuses. And if they win a certain amount of games or if they get a Pro Bowl or if they get an All-Pro, well, you know, there's a lot of individual stuff there too for this team concept. Who's going to give them the best opportunity to be able to accomplish those individual goals as well? In addition to being a playoff team, competing for the division, making a run to the Super Bowl. Once again, I, no, I, I think the guys in the locker room know because they're football players and they're men and they understand how this works and they understand that's a business and they understand that their head coach has to do that to keep it available. And here's the other thing. I'll say this. Uh-huh. This is not going to be an issue. Like, like 
this is not going to be an issue. Taysom Hill's not going to request a trade. Um, there's not going to be a schism in the locker room or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, now some national media people may, you know, be like, well, you're paying Taysom Hill $142 million because they don't understand how Mickey Loomis does contracts and they're still spewing nonsense. They may not understand, but I, I tell you, the guys in the locker room, it's over. As Vince Carter would say, it's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's over. They know who their guy is. <laughs> they don't need their coach to tell them. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely know. I, I think a lot of them knew even before this competition. Because, you know, I'm a, yeah. I, I check out uh, Cam, uh, Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram's podcast, Trust Levels. And they had Drew Brees on one of those episodes. And he was using Jameis very loosely as, as the, being that starting quarterback. So I'm like, they know. You know, like, and, and if Taysom, like, if he goes out here and requests a trade, then that's just him being petty. Now, that that'd be petty. Because sometimes you just have to look and be like, "Yeah, man, he 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 doing better. He played better than me. He won that." But if if you really like took a, a backseat and looked and evaluated your game against Jameis, like objectively, you would you wouldn't feel like you're being you know short short you know getting the short end of the stick. So I, I feel like embrace that Swiss Army knife role. I mean, you you oh absolutely I, I said this absolutely. About, I had John DeShays on the show just a little bit, a few minutes before uh, you. And I said, you know, maybe he needs to embrace that position. Like he carved out a whole lane for himself. Like you have play, you got coaches out here, out, out here right now looking for another uh, Taysom Hill type player. Like you, you, you Swiss army your way <laughs> to almost $30 million, you know, like seriously, like how many backup quarterbacks can actually say, they they making that type of money that's not named Chase Daniel. You know what I mean? Not oh, you know? Chase, Chase Daniel, the king. Okay. We, we, exactly. we, 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 we bow to Chase Daniel for getting that money, stealing all that money for all those years. Well, it's not really stealing it. they just giving it to you, right? right. So right. <laughs> shout out to Chase. That, that's the best job in the world, backup quarterback that never plays. So yeah. but keeps getting paid over and over again. No, look, and, and for Taysom, I think he'll accept whatever role he gives him. Right. Whatever role Sean Payton says, hey, you know what? He fought hard, didn't make it. We'll still have some packages. I still think you'll see him line up at quarterback from time to time in the games. Right. As a wildcat guy or, or, or as a decoy, they'll still utilize him, TJ. And they'll utilize him in, in other ways as well. And mm-hmm. look, he, he'll, he'll be the good soldier. He, he, yeah. just, he just will. And the locker room is, in a way, so strong yeah. that it, it does not matter. Like, this won't look. If the Drew Brees thing from a year ago – didn't derail this team and didn't cause a schism. This this, this ain't yeah. nothing because you got guys like Cam Jordan, you got Demario Davis. Who, by the way, Demario, who was the first cat to get on national TV after the Drew Brees scandal? You know, a controversy that resulted in an apology. Who was the first cat on the media? Demario. I want Davis. to say with Demario Davis, yeah, on Good Morning America, my man, early on there. We got this. What do you say? We got this. Our locker room is strong. We got this. It's taken care of. Not to worry. We're all going to come together. So they got strong leaders. Malcolm Jenkins, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, um, you know, Teron Armstead. People, he's kind of underrated guy for leadership roles. Um, Alvin Kamara is kind of maybe not as boisterous as some of the other guys, but he's definitely a leader. So they'll be fine. This quarterback competition that's really not been a quarterback competition, it'll, it'll take care of itself. They'll be fine. Yeah, look, let's move on because I I, I owe you an apology. Now, I was on 103.7 the game last Friday, and we talked about Kevin White. And uh, (laughs) 
and, and, and it, like we were talking about him getting the opportunity uh you know to resurrect his career you brought up Demarcus Russell and I was like well maybe we won't need to put him in this category that's right you said After- you, just, you defended Kevin you said he ain't Jamarcus Russell type because we made the comparison that right. wide receiver actually there's more wide receiver bust than there are quarterback bust right because right. it's difficult for those guys to make the transition to learn how to run the route trees and everything like that and you just can't be fast, right? You have to right. be able to, to do a lot of uh, different things and work on your craft. And wide receiver te- uh, t- uh, uh, tends to struggle with the transition, even more so than quarterback. Right. But you defended him. And I, you know, I allowed it because I, I'm easy going like that. You know, <laughs> RP3, Raymond Parsons, we, I'm, I'm easy like Sunday morning, TJ. So <laughs> I, 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 I let it roll right along. But you were about to say something. No, not, I was going to say because I felt like Kevin White cared more than Jamarcus Russell did. I feel yeah. like Jamarcus Russell got the bag and he was cool with that. Like whatever else happened, cool, my man but- got the duffel bags of money, like like it like it was the movie Heat, and decided yeah. I'm not even going to show up at camp. Yeah, like exactly. he got paid by Al Davis, and he's like, you know, do I have to play football now because I got all this money? Do I have right. to play football? That was like one of the last. Right, he was the second to last guaranteed, like those huge contracts before right. they started scaling them down. Right, him and Sam mm-hmm. Bradford. They were like back to back. I forget which order they were, but they got those huge contracts yeah. that were fully guaranteed. It was enormous amounts of money. And it was fifty just million. Like, what it was like fifty million dollars oh, guaranteed. And and, and 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 Jamarcus got none of that. It's, it's all gone. It's all gone. But wow. my man don't got nothing. My man don't got nothing. God, God bless. God but, bless. But look, let's let's talk about Kevin White. Do you think? <laughs> do you think that uh, Sean Payton is going to give him another opportunity after the performance of last night? Look, he's shaking off the rust, right? He only played, what, in three, four games last year. The year before that, he wasn't even in the league, right? He didn't even play in 2019, I don't believe. So you're talking about a guy who you just brought in. Within a week, he's trying to learn your playbook. He's trying to learn everything that you're wanting to do. It's a lot to ask. When I look at this, I think because the fact that Traquan is still banged up a little bit, Mm-hmm. that you could see him maybe make it to the, the the last preseason game. Once again, we don't have the four preseason games because of the extra games for the regular season. Right. So you'll have the opportunity here to have these guys. Look, when I look at the roster, obviously Callaway's your number one. Traquan will probably be the number two. You know, We know you're going to get Mike back whenever he's healthy enough. Right. So that leaves what Deontay Harris, is he going to be suspended? Is the NFL going to do anything for that DWI? We don't know. They're dragging their feet, and they're also dragging the feet on the Marshawn Lattimore thing, which is yeah. kind of weird. Because I thought for sure they'd be all over that. Because that's unfair. It, that's unfair, by the way. That that is unfair like, because they, they, they dragging their feet. Exactly. So, so you, you got Harris. So you, so you're going to start the season right. Let's say Deontay doesn't get, it does not get suspended. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have Callaway as your one, Traquan as your two, Deontay as your three. Hogan's probably making this team. He's the vet that they can count on. He's reliable. He's not going to do anything sensational. He's not going to be spectacular, but he's going to be your guy. Right. I think White is is really going to be fighting for a roster spot because I think little Jordan Humphrey had a good game, and I yeah. think that kind of a bounce-back game. So I think if you're Kevin White, you're probably battling Baker, the seventh-round pick out of South Alabama. Yeah. Now, Baker, you can stash on the practice squad because he's a young player. You just drafted him. But I think that's where White's doing. And look, here's the thing that the Saints love, right? Sean Payton loves in particular. He loves players that do multiple things, right? Deontay Harris, he can return kicks and play wide receiver, right? 
He loves running backs. They can do multiple things. Oh, you you need to do more than just run the ball. You got to be able to learn how to catch. So tight ends, you got to learn how to block. Wide receivers, Traquan is better at blocking than he is probably at catching the football. But they like Traquan because he is a wide receiver that's committed to blocking downfield for, for, for them. So they like their guys to do multiple things. Can Kevin White do multiple things? I don't I mean, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the two quick slants that he dropped. You know, like I'm, I'm just nervous about that. I mean, that, you ain't doing yourself no favors. I mean, he I mean, you had two third down conversions in your pocket. And, and you know, the first one he dropped, it was like, OK, maybe a little nervous. They went right back to him and he dropped it again. And I'm like, wow, you know, like he he's really in his own head. You know what I'm saying? They're, like he's they're, they're trying. And look, you got a guy who's been plagued by injuries. Right. That's always going to be in the back of your mind somewhere. He's rusty, right? He hasn't caught a ball really or legitimate passes in a couple of years. Right. So you're learning on the fly. I think they'll give him. But look, when you assign a guy that late in the process in camp during preseason, the likelihood of make them making the roster, TJ, is minuscule anyway, right? They're, they're, they're what we call the classic camp body, a camp guy. Uh, he's just in. He's just in for camp. And then, you know, we'll we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but no, if you're asking me, do I think he's going to make the 53? No, no, I, I don't think, I don't think he is. And I think, uh, Baker, the, the kid out of South Alabama who I've seen play cause I cover Sunbelt, um, football. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he's got upside, but he's yeah. going to need some development. He'll start the season off on the practice squad. If you had, if, if I had, to, if you, if you put a gun to my head and asked me today, I don't think Kevin White makes this team. And I think, uh, Baker starts off the year on the practice squad. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so, too. I mean, especially, like, since most of the time when you come in the game, it's, like, late in the fourth quarter. I think that's kind of, like, an indication of where your spot is going to be. Uh, RB3, I want to uh, ask you about this. I know you uh the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you have a vote in that. And uh, I know Marcus Colston is going into the Louisiana uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, congratulations to you for having that vote. And congratulations to Marcus Colston. So uh, tell us a little bit about the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. What's that all about? And um, you know, is this your first year, uh, you know, on a, on a voting committee? No, I've been a voter for about 10 years now. Uh, okay. first started off as a proxy voter and then uh, became a, a full-time voter, a vested voter, if you will. Uh, we meet every August and we get together and, uh, we, we hash it out in a room now. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me, let, 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 let me be real. It's not, um, it's, it, it, it can get intense. Intense because people are passionate <laughs> about their guys. And right, look, we, right. we put in, we only can put in so many football players. Mm-hmm. So we know how many football players our state produces with our high schools, with our colleges. And then of course with the saints. So mm-hmm. it is a dog fight. Like, like every year there are guys who are placed on the ballot that, you know, we have great guys on the ballot right now mm-hmm. that haven't been able to get into the hall. Right. So that tells you everything, you know, just, just earlier this year, we put in Charles peanut Tillman. Former okay. Raging Cajun great, Chicago Bear uh, legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they named a play after him, the peanut punch, when he punched out the, the balls for all the fumbles. Yeah. So uh, for football, man, it's it's just – it's always so hard because you'll have years, you know, since I've been on there, we've put in Marshall Falk and Kevin Falk and Jake DeLome and Brandon Stokely and Peyton Manning and, you know, the list goes on and on. So, right. um, you know, we're putting in, in addition to Marcus Colston, um, who's yet another saint that's entering um, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. You know, we're also putting Glenn Dorsey, LSU legend, the most decorated defensive player in yeah. LSU history, and the most de- decorated player before Joe Burrow. 
of any player. Um, okay. I mean, literally, they they were making awards just to give to Glenn Dorsey that year. Mm. Um, you know, they were just like, <laughs> yeah, he it, was it was incredible it, interior lineman. He, it was it, it was like the Florida Panhandle Trash Collectors Association Defensive Player <laughs> of the Year award. They were just yeah. making stuff up just to give to Glenn. <laughs> Uh, he was he was that good. He was a dominant player. I mean, I've said it before. You know, uh, it, guys that I've seen in person covering at LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, the top guy for me before Joe Burrow, and I'd still kind of make an argument was Patrick Peterson, yeah. Glenn Dorsey, and then Joe Burrow. I mean, those are the three best, and the Honey Badger would be in there as well. So, yeah. I just you know, look, it, it's a great, it, it's a privilege to be a voter. Um, we we hash it out every year, uh, and we put in a great class. Uh, this year, uh, we had two. Because last year got canceled because of COVID-19. We couldn't have the induction ceremony. Mm -hmm. So the 2020 class got pushed to June this year, where we typically have our our normal induction weekend. And then we are having the 2021 this weekend in Natchitoches. So we have all the events. We have a little bowling tournament with some of the the Hall of Famers and, and media members and fans. That'll be held in Alexandria. On Friday, there's all types of an event. You get to see the museum, which is magnificent all the great displays inside of it. And, uh, and then Saturday night uh, inside the Natchitoches Event Center, uh, your man right here. I'm the LSWA president, Louisiana Sports Writers Association president. So part of my responsibilities is being on stage and handing the Hall of Famers a plaque for the photo op to say, hey, welcome <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. And when I say that, I'm nervous. Yeah, I, can, I can imagine. My job, my job, TJ, is not to screw it up. My job is not to drop the plaque and have it shatter in pieces in front of them on television. On, on television, so um, I'll, I'll be working out the kinks there. I've been working out on my cardio, making sure my arm strength is right, so I'm, I'm good. Hand eye, hand eye coordination, bring up yeah. that old school intramural basketball championship pedigree that I have inside of me, and make sure that's on display Saturday night. But no, right. all joking aside, it's a great way to put the spotlight on our on our on our great state. Yeah. Uh, not only football players, but basketball players, softball, track and field across the board. And uh, it's an honor. It truly is an honor to be uh, a voter and to be part of it uh, for the uh, induction weekend as the president of the LSWA. So it's yeah. it's a privilege. And if you have the chance to go check it out, visit Natchitoches. You will not be disappointed. It's right there on Front Street. Tremendous museum, great displays, a lot of interactive stuff as well. So uh, it's one of the better museums I've been to. And I just don't say that because I'm involved. I, I really, it's, it's really phenomenal. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it sounds spectacular, man. It, it's awesome. Uh, you know, you talk about it being a privilege and an honor, you know, it's a privilege and an honor to have you here on the state of the saints podcast, my friend. Thank you, man. For, third time. This is the know, third for, time, but yeah, three man, times. three times, three man. Times. Make, make it, make it in a I'm back to the barbecue, not once, but twice. Hey. Uh, but you know, so that tells me something. That tells me a, you respect me, great. Hey, I or do, b, man. it tells me that TJ was desperate. Someone backed out, and he needed to. And the podcast just dropped. Like you just dropped. Like they saw my big, big, bald, and beautiful self on the screen, and they're like, "Oh hell, man, oh, man. this guy, <laughs> this guy Nah, TJ, man, like, hey man, you, hey, you got the, you got the comment popping, man. I mean, people are loving you right now, man. They love it every <laughs> time you're on the show. So, man, look, I mean, look, I, man, I tell people all the time, man. Yeah. I, I have you on my show on RP3 and Company. I love having you on, brother, and, and yeah. you do great work. And anything to support someone else out there just grinding and, and hustling, I'm all about that. And uh, you keep up the great work, man. And I appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. And you do the same. And before you go, let everybody know about RP3 and company on 103.7, uh, the game, and how they can get in touch with you, man. 
Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Appreciate that. We're on six to nine central time here in uh, uh, Lafayette and the Lafayette market central time zone, because I know you worldwide people are watching this all across. Uh, you can listen to us on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. And you can download that for free and listen to us wherever you go. You can also check us out on Google Home, your Alexa device as well. And then obviously every time we have our guests on, we share our shows on our social media accounts. And that includes uh, my own, which is, of course, RP3, the second version. This is the second version because your boy had a Twitter account back in the day. And then I left a job and I forgot my password. And so I had to create a new <laughs> Twitter account a couple of years back. But that's at RP Roman numeral three underscore sports. So that's mm-hmm. at RP three underscore sports. You can check me out there. I share all my stuff there for what we do with the show and everything else. So appreciate um, appreciate you letting me come on again, TJ. Thanks, brother. Man, thank you, man. And I appreciate it. Y'all check out RP three and company 103.7 a game. Download that app. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Richard Parsh III, also known as RP3. Thank you so much, my friend. I'll see you down the road. See you, bud. All right, take care. Yeah, man, it was Richard Parsh III. That's my guy right there, man. Uh, you can check me out every other Friday on 103.7 The Game also, man. I'm, I'm on there talking Saints football. That's my guy, man. That's my guy right there. You know, we uh, probably known each other for almost a year. And you know what I'm saying? It was developing, you know, a friendship in the process, man. That's, that's my guy. Real. You know, I mean, I, I love talking uh, to the guy. I love talking Saints football with him. I'm going to read some of your uh, comments. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that about Saints football, got a few more minutes. Uh, but uh, I also have to mention uh, the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Y'all already know, man. Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, you can go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word lowercase letters state of saints you will save 20 percent off no matter if you spend a hundred dollars or ten dollars you will save 20 percent off i got testimonials up here you know for people that reach out to me tell me that they love the manscape products uh shouts out to uh, my buddy whose wife uh actually bought him some manscape items look you will not be disappointed I, I i will not be out here uh you know telling you about products that i don't use these are really good safe products uh you you will be extremely excited uh to actually use these products so use the uh, promo code state of saints save 20 percent off thank you to manscape.com of uh, the official sponsor of the state of the saints podcast that is also available on the pigskin podcast network uh let's see i got my mom up in here says i love you Okay, I don't know if she's talking to me or somebody else in the chat. I hope she's talking to me since I'm your favorite. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all know she love all y'all, but she love me. I'm her favorite. <laughs> hey, I don't know if y'all ever seen the Jamie Foxx show, uh, but they had this uh, episode where uh, Wanda from uh, 227 was on there, and she was like Mother Superior. And everybody, you know, they come up to her and kiss you like, you are always my favorite. <laughs> nah, I'm really my mama favorite. Nah, I'm just joking. I got my brother and sister then watching. They'd be mad as I don't know what with me for saying that. Like she loves us all the same. Uh, Jewel says I'm ex- it's extremely hot outside. Uh, looking out the window right now, man, it's pretty moderate here in South Carolina, man. To be to be quite honest with you, I mean, we had some rain in the forecast over the last couple of days, Jules. But I mean, it's been tolerable weather, man. Um, like mid 80s. I'm like I'm shocked. You know, especially it being the month of August like this, me and my wife and uh, Paxton, we went out to the beach for a little while uh, on Friday. 
It was man, it was really tolerable out there, man. So yeah. Bobby says, TJ, bring on your son as the co-host. I know he's talking now. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. He's talking and he's working in technical support. Because some of y'all that probably checked out the State of the Saints podcast yesterday noticed that your boys sound like T-Pain and Amigos. And it was because Paxton uh, decided to turn up the levels to his full notches, <laughs> to, to, to his highest point, had me sounding like T-Pain and having to restart my computer. So not only is he the co-host of the State of the Saints podcast, he's also working in master control. And I'm probably about to I'm about to go pick him up in a few minutes, actually, from daycare. Uh, who that to you, TJ? Man, what's going on with you, man? Appreciate you being here, man. That's my guy right there, man. Rose City, man. Always coming through, always with the comments, always uh, you know, going back and forth, commenting with him on Twitter, man. Y'all follow my guy, man. Make sure you put your uh make sure you put your uh, Twitter name up in that thing, man. Eugene says, ah, TJ is Raymond, not Richard uh we'll change it <laughs> we'll change it uh to your head not your heart we'll charge it to your head oh i thought i said raymond i thought i said raymond parts the third i thought i said that okay if i did say richard i apologize i apologize i thought i said raymond though i thought i said um uh, raymond oh yeah but yeah yeah I, i'm I apologies for uh to ray for that you know what i'm saying if i did say that probably got a little bit overzealous that's like with one time when i was actually uh <laughs> when uh rod walker was on the show i kept on calling him rob walker and i mean i was like oh man i'm so sorry man but he was he was a sport about it i know if that was me somebody kept on calling me jim jones like like uh (laughs) there's this uh this lady uh, at my son's daycare like this lady has been calling me rj ever since like we brought paxton like to the daycare like she still to this day calls me rj and and the late other lady like constantly corrects her and now it's like so awkward like to even for me to tell her that my name is tj because she'll probably be embarrassed and i don't know what but yes raymond parts the third rp3 i apologize if i did say that that's my guy real talk uh manscape the truth trust me chemo thank you very much uh for your testimonial right there uh we reached the infomercial uh, edition of the state of the saints podcast uh straight seven gaming jag fans here congrats on the double uh the w hopefully winston uh can keep the positive uh the positive up for the rest of the season yeah straight seven gaming man shouts out to you uh you know uh the jaguars man i think y'all have what y'all need in in, in trevor lawrence i think the sky's the limit for him uh you know i think that he's going to be a really good quarterback i mean all young quarterbacks go through uh growing pains that's just a part of the game uh you know i mean i like jacksonville man shouts out uh to my brother-in-law he stays out there in jacksonville man we go down there uh quite often uh so shouts out uh to him you know but yeah man jacksonville i i like it um i, I like the team you know that you know goes out here you know they try to rebuild i mean a couple of years ago the jaguars won the afc championship game in a couple plays, they could have easily been in a Super Bowl. I mean, to me, they kind of, you know, got screwed over in a couple of them plays. But, yeah. TJ, uh, I love your show. Reginald, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, it's people like you that make the show what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm just excited that you actually like the show, man. And I, I appreciate that. can't believe I called my boy Raymond Richard. 
can't believe I said that. My apologies if he, he's watch, still watching this right now, man. Ray Ray. Uh, Jerry, giving a shout out to my mom, showing me and chemo love and support. Okay. Yeah, I mean, shouts out to my mom out here, you know, showing love and support. Big ups to you, TJ. You got some great interviews, man. More blessings to you. I appreciate that, man. You know, uh, it's just a blessing, you know, like making constant content, um, you know, and, you know, man, man, it's just amazing how this show has grown over the last couple of years. You know, these last few years, starting back in October of 2018, now we're almost three years into it, four NFL seasons. And, man, it it just it's, it's a great experience. Like, I love doing this show. And um fortunate enough to have some great guests uh, coming through. Uh, you know, J.D., John DeShazer was on here uh, today as long as – as well as my guy, Raymond. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Raymond parts the third RP3. Uh, and, also, and tomorrow, man, tomorrow morning, uh, check out the State of the Saints podcast. My special guest will be Steve Weish. From the NFL Network. That's right. Steve Weiss will be back on the State of the Saints podcast. So excited to talk to Steve Weiss, uh, catch up with him, talk a little bit about Saints football and also some things that's going on in the NFC South. So make sure y'all check that interview out tomorrow, man. It's always good to talk to one of the kindest individuals I know. Uh, let me see. Let me see. What think the Saints record is going to be this season? I think 13 and four. Uh I I wouldn't go that far. I say eleven and six. I say eleven and six. Uh, Eugene says, Shane, what happened with ETN, Louisiana product? Yeah, man, Travis ETN. Uh, yeah, his, his season uh, is over. Um, he had a a, a injury. Uh, that's gonna have him out for the remainder of the season. You know, and it's unfortunate, man. That, that guy has a lot of promise. Uh, what will happen to Taysom? I already knew about Winston, but what will happen in his role on the team? I think he's going to go back to his Swiss Army role. I mean, it's better to have that Swiss Army role know that you're going to be playing than to uh, not be playing at all. I mean, and then you can, if you want to go out here, try to, you know, compete on another team next year, then do that. But I think that's what he's going to do. TJ, who are the five players you think will get cut today? Uh, Let's see. Um, <laughs> uh, Jamerson, uh, the cornerback the that was out there getting smoked. Um, think he ain't gonna make the team. Would be shocked if Kevin White's still on the team after, after today. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think who I would really, I'm gonna I'm really have to think about this. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I, I, those are the two guys that, that, stood out to me i mean jeff Heat might be one of those guys you know um he might be one of those dudes um uh, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me as a uh, rosas uh you know end up getting cut i mean missing that extra point yeah he, he ain't doing himself no favors with that especially since you have that indianapolis coach kicker who got cut because blankenship uh beat him out and then you have that other kicker that's out there in baltimore right now so i don't know man it's gonna be tough but those are two guys that that stood out to me that I just feel like probably not going to make the team. I don't, I don't think guys like uh, Bryce Thompson or anything like that are not going to make the team. Uh, I think that, you know, he's going to be a guy that probably works on special teams. The only thing that helped Kevin White was how good he looked on special teams uh, being a gunner. You know, he, he made a couple plays. He was down there uh, to, you know, get in front of the player so he can call a fair catch. So a couple of old things worked, but, man. 
how many special team players uh you know do you really need uh i'm back up to 10 wins for our saints d line and secondary depth uh better than i expected yeah i mean that's why you know you have to wait for the product to come out you know that's why i was telling people you know we had a episode of the state of the saints podcast a couple weeks ago about you know jumping off a cliff you know like and now i was telling people man like we don't know what this team is going to turn out to be that's why i i cut the tv off i'm just saying i don't i don't pay attention to to all this stuff that's going on 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 these networks because i understand what they're trying to do man they're trying to create narratives that's what they do just like they're trying to create narratives right now about with sean payton not like sean payton tell us tell us who the starting quarterback gonna be like it's gonna kill them not to know or something now it's like they're making it seem like oh sean payton just won't uh taste them to work over james that's the narrative now like you don't know that but that's the scenario that they're running with you know you the media is going to find narratives like if you don't give them what they want they're going to create narratives that are so irritating and frustrating to you to your life man that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard don't you realize that the only reason i'm doing this is because blah 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 that's what they want that's what they want to do that's what that's that's how the media works if you're not giving the media what you what you what they want they're going to continue to make scenarios to for you to get so frustrated at the things that they're actually putting out that you give them uh some type of uh you know some type of comment that they can actually run with but i'm seeing i'm seeing the spin doctors i'm seeing i'm seeing the 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 cauldron pot stirring when it comes to the media me personally i don't care i mean it's pretty relatively obvious like sean payton is not an idiot you know what i'm saying like and and we're not idiots either a blind man can see (laughs) that Jameis winston is a better fit at the quarterback position over the last couple games than Taysom Hill. I mean, if if Sean don't see that, then I don't know, man. Maybe we need to uh, get some help for your guy, you know, but I don't think that he needs no any help. He's cerebral, man. That's just who Sean Payton is. Sean Payton does not like to show his hand. You know, he's not going to tell you. He's not going to allow, you know, the you know coaching staff for the Packers, you know what I'm saying? He's not going to let Matt LaFleur – uh get you know what I'm saying a leg up to know that Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston gonna be the starting quarterback you gonna let him sweat you know what I'm saying and, and when that week comes into going into week one you have to scheme for two quarterbacks now you can hey say hey you know what I'm saying I, look I think Jameis gonna be the starter so we're gonna focus more on him and then all of a sudden Taysom comes out there and and Sean draws up a lot of plays that Matt LaFleur isn't ready for and they're gonna blow them boys out so it's all about strategy to me. It had absolutely nothing to do with him not knowing who the starting quarterback is. Because once again, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder could see that these <laughs> that Jameis Winston is a better fit than, than Taysom Hill at, at this stage. Who that family? I absolutely loved the game yesterday. Watched it with friends uh, at a high-end restaurant and bar. He had to, he got to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> casual dicks man that's good man shouts out to my guy casual dicks out there in the great white north of canada man uh cuts are th- uh, due by 3 p.m um well it was, that's about nine minutes for you all right so because i'm uh, i'm on eastern standard time so it's as of uh the, the recording of this is 3 51 p.m here in myrtle beach south carolina 
go back to your role and get cut seriously. How much uh, is your contract, bro? Uh, look, let's not fall into that whole contract uh, situation, okay? That is a phantom deal. That You know what I'm saying? He is not making that much money, okay? The, major, the most money that he's going to get is 12, $12.2 million, if I'm not mistaken. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, all that money, those four-year, $140 million, that is a phantom deal. It's just something that they did in order for them to manipulate the cap, in order for them to be able to, you know, get under, you know what I'm saying, to get under the cap. That's it. And like, people up here, man, he got a four-year, $140 million contract. He, he want him to succeed. No, man, they, man, that was business. The Saints was conducting business. That was business. That had absolutely nothing to do with them wanting him to be the starter. Uh, Mike, uh, thank you very much for the $2. says, off topic, I uh, know you like wrestling. Uh, what do you think about uh, CM Punk? Uh, I think that was great. You know, CM Punk returning back to wrestling uh, is good. You know, I think that wrestling right now uh, is starting to wake back up. Re- wrestling been dead for at least almost a decade, to be honest with you. I think that the the you know people are starting to really you know get back into wrestling again you know and that's a good thing you know as a kid growing up I used to love watching wrestling you know and that's something that I would like to share with my son you know go to like different wrestling events maybe take him to WrestleMania one day you know I would love to have that with him you know and be able to share that experience with him uh, like my uncles did with me so. Yeah, man. You know, I think it's a good look. You know, I'm glad that he's back. Uh, do you know if trauma injury is serious or not? Uh, no, the the the, the X-rays were negative, so it's nothing that was broken, anything like that. Nothing too serious. Um, it will he miss some time? Uh, I think he's supposed to get like a second opinion. Supposed to take an MRI today. Uh, Verrett is supposed to take uh, a Vernet. Uh, is supposed to take uh, a MRI today. So. Uh, you might want to call up Josh Hill and say, hey, big head, what you doing? <laughs> but I don't know, uh, Jamika. I'm not sure, like, what the, you know, severity of the injury is, but I'm pretty sure he's probably uh, going to miss uh, a couple weeks, you know. But that's the reason why I just hate preseason. I just feel like some guys, uh, you, like, look, man, like, not having Alvin Kamara out there. Like, we know what Alvin can do. Like, yeah, leave him on the sideline. You know, like some guys, I just feel like, man, just just leave them out. Like, you don't need them in there. Like, you know, them guys can play. You know, they professional, they pros. And I just feel like if you're looking at Adam Troutman to be that starting guy, minimize his snaps. Like, why is he out there? Depends on the scheme. Taysom is an entire different scheme quarterback, and you haven't seen the scheme in the preseason. Uh, depends on the scheme. Taysom is an entire different scheme. Look, man. Uh, yeah. Um, look, can can Taysom Hill like run maybe like an RPO type offense? Yes, but you're gonna take off a lot of wide receivers. Okay, there's nothing that a wide receiver love than what Marquez Callaway did on those two touchdowns. Wide receivers want to catch the football, and if you have a quarterback that can run the ball and running the ball all over the place. Yeah, it's exciting as a fan, but as a wide receiver, man, I ain't trying to play with that. I, I, I'm serious, man. I ain't trying to roll with that. If I know I'm a receiver, I get paid to catch the ball. I know that 
my contract depends on me catching footballs and I got a quarterback that's out here running around all over the place, man, I don't want that. Like, seriously, if I know I got Hall of Fame generational talent, you think I want to play with a guy that has an RPO-type scheme, uh, you know, to make him a better quarterback? No, I don't want to play with that. So if you're trying to mold and shape and make, that, that's the diff, That's the thing to me. If you have to mold and shape and make something work for a quarterback, you know what I'm saying, in order to make things more comfortable for him and you got to basically change the whole structure of the team, I'm not talking about certain offensive play calls, okay? There's some plays that quarterbacks are comfortable with, but I'm talking about running RPOs and, you know what I'm saying, and rollout plays and basically changing, like, the whole structure of the offense that everybody has to get on board with, then it's time to go in a different direction. You you do that if you necessarily have to. Like, if the general manager, the head coach, the owner all get together and say, we want to draft this guy here. He's a dynamic, dual-threat quarterback. You talk to those guys. Are we willing to change the way that we look at it? Well, our team sucks, right? We're not that good. We're not winning games. So what we're doing right now isn't working. Let's build a team around this guy that's coming in. That's what you do. But when you have an offensive structure that works, over the past 15 years has shown that it works, that that, that it works. You know what I'm saying? Then that's that's what you do. That 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 is what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like you you go out here and you find a quarterback that can run that system that you made famous. I ain't trying to change nothing that don't need to be changed. For what? So a couple fans that like Taysom Hill can be satisfied just so they can see number seven march out on the field so they can feel right. I told you, I told you, I told you. Seriously, man. Seriously. Like, it, it, being right means that much to you. Anybody that is looking at the game objectively, anybody that's just sitting there, no dog in the fight, no rooster in the fight, no boxer in the fight, just sitting there looking at the game objectively at your television screen and watching two quarterbacks go out there and duel it out. If you are a fair human being and you're looking at this objectively, you have to say it. Even if you're the biggest Taysom Hill supporter, Jameis Winston played better than Taysom Hill. Well, 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 Taysom played with the second team. He played with the second team last night. Now, uh, let's, <laughs> let's be real. Taysom Hill going up against the worst football team in the NFL. There's a reason why they got Trevor Lawrence. This team was 1-15 last season. They won one football game. One. Now, if Taysom is as good as everybody's saying that he is, that if he's as good and he's the starting quarterback as some of you are saying that he is, why is it that he cannot look efficient, really efficient, versus a struggling franchise that is trying to figure it out? Brand new coach, brand new uh, front office people, brand new starting quarterback, brand new defensive players, brand new secondary. How is it that 
Taysom Hill can't slice up this this team like Swiss cheese. I, I'm like answer that question for me. And, and, and look, Jameis went up against the second team of Baltimore. I guarantee you, put Baltimore second team against Jacksonville second team. I guarantee you, Baltimore second team probably gonna blow them out the water. Jameis Winston. On what three drives? First drive, he had the ball off to Tony Jones. He was efficient on that drive. Second drive, he drove the ball down, you know what I'm saying? Threw the ball down the field to Lil John Humphreys. It bounced off his chest to get intercepted. Six foot four, 225 pounds. Hey man, you need to come down with that football. Third drive, he drove the ball down the field for a touchdown to Lil John Humphreys. Went right back to him. The second team of the Baltimore Ravens was much better than the second team Taysom Hill went up against against Jacksonville. That's all I'm saying. For all those people that's talking about he went up, he had the second string guys. Well, he went up against second and third string guys from Jacksonville. Jacksonville was horrible last year. What is your excuse? Like, seriously. If, like, if Jameis did that to the starters of the Jacksonville Jaguars, imagine what Taysom was supposed to do with a second and third team. I mean, Come on, man. Like, come on. <laughs> come on, man. Like, seriously. Like, think about that. Like, think about how ridiculous that, that sounds. Like, that is that is in, insane. That is insane. Jacksonville has not lost a preseason game since 2015. You know what that says? That means that the guys that they select, even if they don't make the team, they coached them up enough in order for them to win football games. So miss me with that whole he came out there with the second team. That is your ego talking. Just like I said last night on the last episode. That is your ego talking. And this is not a knock at, at, at Taysom Hill at all. I'm just saying. Can you win football games with Taysom? Yes, you can. Can you consistently win Year in, year out, week in, week out. That's another question. That's 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 another question. When the commentators say that last night about Taysom with the second line, I just put my head down like, really, man, that had absolutely nothing to do with it. That's all I'm saying. If Jameis carved up the worst team in football starting lineup, then Taysom should have went out there and slice the mother guys up. The Ravens. If you want to be real, Taysom has been uh, known to have trouble holding on to the football when he scrambles, so he will uh, be turning the ball over too with those fumbles. Look, I don't know what he's doing. I'm not even a bad look. I'm not talking about the 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 hypotheticals here. Okay, last year is in the past. Okay, it, it's over. Can't have it back. Can't get it back. It's over. I'm looking at this year, and I'm looking at these two quarterbacks that we're evaluating. My eye test, you know what I'm saying? Like, according to my eyes, Jameis played better. TJ, some of these guys never wore a uniform. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, that's true. But, uh, man, it, it still don't justify the fact that your second team on the worst team in football. I mean, you, you should have sliced them up. 
like we literally seen Carl Granderson like push a guy like a left tackle down on the ground, like laid him on his behind, put him on his behind. I mean, seriously, like what are we doing here? What are, anyway, uh, you want to uh, slice it? Winston is a better option to win. Personally, I wanted Bridgewater to stay and taste him as the Swiss Army. I want no parts of Winston. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's what you most likely going to get. And, you know, some of us have our own our little personal gripes against James. That's just what it is. You know, I don't know what people's issues are. Some people just don't like him because they can't get past what he did in college. Some people feel like he immature. And hell, I am going to say it. Sorry. Some people just don't like uh, Jameis Winston for the simple fact that he's black. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm not saying that's what Rhett's problem is, but I'm just being honest. Some people don't like Jameis Winston, don't want Jameis Winston to be the quarterback because he is black, period. That now, You can wrap it up in a big old 30 for 30 interception. That is just to justify your prejudice because some of you don't want to you know what i'm saying really have that type of conversation sorry if you don't want the if you want the fake watered down version of that find another show but it is what it is some some people have their prejudices some people just can't get over what he did at florida state and then you got some people that just think that what you see is what you get and and players can't change and and they can't become better versions of themselves and you know, I, I just never understood that. Like, football is the only sport. I said this. I said this before. Football is the only sport where it feels like guys can never change the narrative about themselves. In basketball, guys get chance after chance. They get – they like, basketball fans are way more patient. Baseball fans are way more patient. Football fans, not so much. Guy has one bad year, and all of a sudden, oh, he terrible. Get him up out of here. He a bum. Anytime his name come up, oh, man, Lord, we got him. Like like guys can't develop and become better. Like they can't go to a different situation and get coached up and be better uh, players. It happens. But in football, those guys don't get the opportunities like I see in other sports. I don't know why. But once again, if you want the watered-down version of that, then sorry, this ain't the show for you. But we keep it 100 on here. Some people need to have a little talk with jesus and tell them about their troubles because some of y'all seriously need you know seriously like you can you can hide it from me you can hide it from all the people around you but when you look in the mirror you know what's up you know what's up you you know what it is man sorry it is what it is next question Uh, i wanted to bring that up and didn't mention it amen look i'm just being real some people, you know, like I said, that situation that happened at Florida State. And look, I understand that, right? I mean, you know, the Times of Me Too movement and stuff like that going on here. You know, I'm a I'm a straight advocate, you know what I'm saying, for like, you know, guys don't need to, you know what I'm saying, be out here sexually assaulting women and stuff like that. Look, I understand the climate that we in, especially individuals that those are sensitive type subjects. If you fall into that category, look, I, I completely understand that. But some of us, like, we we have these prejudices. Seriously. You know, some people feel like, you know, it's still got that, that mind frame, like, black quarterbacks can't play because it's a thinking position. 
they think that it's a thinking position and it involves a lot of intellect. And some people don't feel like black quarterbacks can efficiently perform at a high level consistently like white quarterbacks can. And some and some people take that prejudice when they evaluating Jameis Winston and they tied in a big old 30 for 30 bow. That, that's what they do. That, that's what they do. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Raymond just uh, joking with me. Say I called him Richard. Yeah, I definitely called you Richard, man. I apologize, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I got I got excited, man. Raymond, man. I, I apologize. You just hit me up on uh, <laughs> in the DM on Twitter. Yeah, man. Sorry about that, man. Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, let's see. Uh, the mistake was made with Bridgewater shoot the Raiders. Uh, let me see. Marcus Mariota is a better option. Uh, than Winston, uh, he's not an answer. Uh, okay, if you if you think so, ain't nothing ain't nothing he showed me so far to say he not. <laughs> uh, I hate to tell people, but Winston can't win a Super Bowl. But with one read, Taysom, uh, you can't make it to the playoffs. <laughs> oh man, look, I, I look, I ain't trying to turn this into a Taysom bashing party, man. Taysom is is much needed on the Saints team, and and, and he's important, and I like Taysom a lot. So I don't want to turn this into like, you know, like man, Taysom sucks type thing, man. He he can throw the football, it just not on the same level as, as Jameis. TJ, tell the truth, black players don't get the same opportunity as white players uh, do uh, to reinvent themselves. Uh, look at uh, Ben versus Deshaun. Well, I think in this situation right here, you know, it, it's a touchy subject. You know, man, you know, like I just, I, I just hope that you know this guy can't resurrect his career. But I, I, I will say this though, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but the world is a little bit different in the way that we look at domestic violence, sexual assault. In this day and age, is a little bit different from Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were starting to make that transition. Because I, I feel like he kind of, like, slipped through the cracks because it, it wasn't as a hot topic as it is right now. Like, when Ray Rice hit his wife and knocked out in the elevator, like, domestic violence if you put it on there like it is it, it, over with it, it's done over with done with i just feel like big ben kind of caught society at a, at a time when it was starting to make that transition but not there just yet but i do feel like you know there's certain opportunities out there you know what i'm saying i feel like you know and, and there's shorter leashes you know for black athletes you know then then you know <laughs> you know i, I do I, I do feel that way you know, I, I do, but I do think there are also some cases that I, I talked about Josh Rosen on the last episode. I, I mean, a couple episodes back, and I feel like the way that he was treated wasn't fair. You know, like that. I mean, there's situations like that, but I can completely understand it. You know, I, I just think that there are certain things that certain prejudices that people have, um, and you know. They just have to check themselves. I'm I'm just gonna say that. Sorry, you know, some people don't some people don't like to have these type of conversations. They don't. Not me. I I, I don't care. Like, you know, if, if you don't want to have this conversation, cool. But there, there are people out there like that. 
there are people out there like that. And some people are probably saying, nah, nah, TJ, nah, 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 TJ, not me. I just don't care for him. Like, that, that's fine. I'm not talking about you. But for those that probably want to defend this to the death, like, you know the truth. Like, you, you, you know what it is. Like, you, you know what it is, bro. Uh, they don't notice the difference with the football was finally uh, getting downfield. Yeah, man, look, 53.6, according to next-gen stats, that's the longest <laughs> air distance pass since 2016 with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, think about that. Taysom don't have the poise in the pocket. He is better as a Swiss Army knife. I just think that, uh, man, um, I think that he can throw the football. I just think that uh, it's just certain things that you need as a quarterback. He he doesn't have all of those things. He doesn't check all the boxes. Uh, this is the what have you done for me lately uh, world right now. Taysom can't compete at the same level as Winston. As a quarterback, no. As a football player, yes, he can. Uh, I love him, but he's just not the better option. He's not. He's he's not, man. He's not the better option at the quarterback position. But he he's one hell of a football player. Ray Rice's career was going immediately. Yeah, I mean, look, look, justifiably so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, look, we all been there. We've all like we've all have had verbal spats with our significant other to a point where they probably made us so mad that you know what I'm saying like. We, we didn't thought about, you know what I'm saying, put some hands on some folk. Like, I'm just being serious. Like, we, we've gotten that upset. Sorry. It, it, okay, no, TJ, not me. Okay, whatever. Look, we've all been to that point. Rather, we thought about it. We suppressed it. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't got that angry. You know what I'm saying? Over some situations. And if you have not, and you're one of them younger viewers, keep living. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have some disagreements. You some people are gonna make you so frustrated, but you can't put your hands on them. That was just absolutely. I mean, that was just absolutely barbaric, man. Like, seriously. Like, man, you can't do no stuff like that. I'm sorry, man. That 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 wasn't, you know, I, I can't I can't justify that. I mean, he deserved to have his career taken from him. Now, some people would say, you know. It probably because he had it, it was on tape. You're right. No, if, if I'm if I tell you a story, I'm like, man, let's just say, for example, I just so happened to be on the elevator, right? And um I get back and I tell you, man, dude, man, this dude, man, snapped on this girl, man. Like he hit this girl in the face and knocked her out. And you like, what you gonna say? You're like, dang, dang, TJ for real. Like, dang, man, that's messed up. Now, think about you actually visually seeing this. It's different. It, I'm sorry, it's different. Like, transparency, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like that, that makes everything change. Like, when you can actually visibly see what happened, it changes it. It changes, like, the whole dynamic of it. Me telling you the story is different from you actually seeing the story play, uh, play out. And maybe if it were just hearsay, he probably would have still been in the league. Because, I mean, they ended up getting married after this. They weren't married at the time. I think they ended up getting married a couple months later. 
So I'm pretty sure she probably would have, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it happened or whatever like that, or, you know, it ain't happened the way that it did. She probably would have bought for him. But, you know, that, that just, that's just how we, that's just how the world is now, you know? Let me see. People need to stop smoking the glass pipe <laughs> like it's 1986 or something. Jameis is better. Get over it. Keep the same energy at the end of the season when Jameis makes all pro. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the all pro thing. We'll see about that. But, yeah, I think we need to give him a chance. Uh, The white player that beat up the black girl uh, uh sports uh, channel talked about uh like a day. But Deshaun uh, was talked about for weeks constantly and still bringing it up until this day. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, like, you know, the thing about uh, Jamaica, like, we love a good train wreck. You know what I'm saying? We love a good accident. You know, people need to understand this. When you see an accident, some people just think that the accident is what holds up the traffic. No, it's people slowing down to see the accident. That that's what that's what slows down traffic. I always thought about. It. I'm like, man, why traffic moving so slow? It's because everybody wants to slow down to see the damage on the side of the road. And boy, when if you see a Prius on the side of the road damage, you like that. Ooh, but when you see that Maserati, that Ferrari on the side of the Oh boy, boy, I be mad. Boy, I paid all that money for that car. Case in point, Deshaun Watson and the football player for Seattle that you're referring to, Wheeler. Deshaun Watson got a whole bunch of money, Jamaica. A lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. Okay, and he's a franchise quarterback. And he's a really good player. And he has been a really good player since his time at Clemson. Beating Alabama Crimson Tides when they were at the apex. Uh, going, you know, saying to uh the the Houston Texans and and having that big season last year, he is more polarized. Now, in this case, I don't know if it has anything to do with the color of his skin so much. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, it, it plays a role, but I think that the fact that he is so polarizing that what makes this more of you know what I'm saying of a, a media darling type story because. We love to see a train wreck. We love to see put guys up here in order for us to write to tear them down. Like we, we, they love to do that. They love it. Okay. But I will say this, man, um, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, you have all of these allegations against him. I haven't seen nobody going to court. Uh, I think his lawyer actually came out with a text message that was actually sent by one of the people that actually said that he actually touched her. She was at, she, she reached out to him and was very apologetic to him and stuff like that. So if you start to have more and more situations like this, more emails, more text messages coming up, I think people need to start like giving this man, you know, the benefit of the doubt. That's all I'm saying. Like me personally, I I mean, I'm away for all the, you know what I'm saying? All the facts to come out. But to me, I just feel like the only thing that Deshaun Watson is guilty of is liking sex. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being serious. Like, you know, like, I don't know why he did. Like, he's a good-looking guy, successful. I don't understand why he would put himself in that position. I don't know, but I don't know, man. Like, when I start seeing – 
I'm always reserving my judgment to all the facts come out. I, I can't be a prisoner of the moment. I can't. I can't I can't be one of those people. I, I gotta wait for the whole story to come out for me to draw my conclusion because I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. I remember back in 2007, my junior year at Jackson State University. Some of y'all probably gonna remember what I'm what I'm talking about here. There was a situation that happened in Jenna, Louisiana, when you had these white students that put nooses on trees and these black students like attacked them and they end up getting arrested. And you had a whole bunch of people, you know, saying in solidarity, wearing black across campuses and across the world everywhere in solidarity because these these, you know, black students were, you know, arrested and it was an injustice and this and that and the third. Right. Everybody go down there marching. People raise so much money, first off, to get these guys out of jail and also to help, you know what I'm saying, with their court cases and stuff like that, get adequate lawyers and stuff like that. Couple months later or a couple weeks later or whatever, you see these dudes on MySpace with the money that was donated, flexing and flaunting the money, you know what I'm saying, putting it to their ear, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it just wasn't a good look. And you had a lot of people out there that was ticked off like, man, I came down here for this. Ever since that day, ever since that story, I reserve my judgment to all the facts come out. I don't care how many people tweet about it. I don't care how many people try to convince me that this is what happened. I wait and I reserve my judgment to all the facts come out. Do not be a prisoner of the moment. You will end up possibly looking foolish. I don't do that. I'm not saying that the story not the way that they said it, but there's a possibility that it may not end up being the way that it was. And the situation might end up making you feel like an idiot. So that's why I reserve my judgment to all the facts come out. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, I'm reserving my judgment to all the facts come out. And I'm just going to report it because I feel like if you are going to put this man and make this man guilty in a court of public opinion you need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and making sure that when stories like this come out when his lawyer comes out and finds emails and comes out with text messages you need to be reporting that too because there's a responsibility as a reporter to make sure that you're giving the whole story not the story that you want to give people because Let's just be serious about this. People are not going to go out and give the re- and do the research more times than not. They're going to believe what you're going to tell them. And if you don't be responsible, you might have this person end up looking bad because you didn't go out here and really finish the story and people are counting on you to deliver the goods. And if you're not delivering the goods, it's a, it, it is so irresponsible. It is so irresponsible as a reporter. That is why you should not talk about things you don't know about. And if you're not going to see it all the way through, then don't talk about it, period. Like, find something else to talk about. Like, I, I just, even, like, just like you came out here, oh, it's a shame, it's awful, it's pitiful. All these women, like, if they found evidence on one of those individuals through text message being apologetic towards this dude, you need to be reporting that too. 
because that needs to be put into consideration in the minds of the masses as well. Because I just feel like sometimes we so quick to try to make people guilty, you know, and, and like I said, people ain't, people are not going to go back and read these stories. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and do their own research. That's just what it is. Like, you know, I, I like, I guess I know this is a sports show, but what I'm saying is, is relevant to what was going on. Like you, you have people out here, you know, this isn't about vaccination, so to speak. Right. But I'm just saying people are using the Tuskegee experiment to justify them not taking a COVID vaccine. But I want people to understand this. People are saying it as if the Tuskegee experiment, like the doctors injected the guys with syphilis. That's not what happened. The guys had syphilis. And the, the, the issue was they had the cure. They could have gave these guys the vaccine in order to cure them, but they decided to not give it to them to watch them die, to see how long it would take. They were using them as guinea pigs. But some people feel like those guys were going into those hospitals and they was injecting them with syphilis and say bye-bye, but that's not what happened. But that that's the narrative. So you have people that are not probably going to go out here and look and try to investigate how the Tuskegee experiment happened. Like I was fortunate enough uh, to... I didn't, I wasn't in this play, but I actually worked uh, with this play when I was at Jackson State called Miss Evers Boys. And some of y'all have probably seen the movie with Alfred Wood on there. Um, but you know what I'm saying? But it, it's, so I, I kind of knew about the stories. So that's what I'm saying. It, it's a certain responsibility. People are not going to give you, people are not going to give you that whole information. You know what I'm saying? All the information. They're going to give you what you want to hear in order for you to click on whatever article they're doing. Uh, then went in their Pulitzer or whatever was going on. And they're not going to do their due diligence to make sure that you're getting all the facts in order for you to draw the conclusion. And that is something that we're missing. And that is something that I feel like we need to get back to because it shouldn't be about clicks and it shouldn't be about popularity and it shouldn't be about, oh, I can be on this show and that show and they want me to come on this show and that show. No, it should be about the responsibility of the public. That is why I tell people when I do the State of the Saints podcast, I don't care what's going on. I don't care if it's the greatest story in Saints history. It's, it should be talked about all over. If I don't feel like I'm going to give you that passion when I get behind this mic, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get behind this mic, and I'm not going to give you a lackluster show. I feel like when I start to do that, that's when it becomes work. It don't no longer becomes a passion. And some people are making this thing sound like work, and probably at the beginning, when they first became journalists, it was a passion. But now it's turning into work. And the work is trying to build your brand up. And you're building the brand up by making your, your, your articles more appealing to the masses. But there's a responsibility to all members of the media to make sure that they're giving people the facts. And if you're not giving people the facts and you're just giving people blame pleasantries and a bunch of lip service, shame on you. I'm going to read a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here. Uh, Watson wrong doing was bad choices. Now, this Watson situation is funny. Nothing came out till he requested a trade, then bam, all this crap. Good point. And you got to put that into consideration. If we're going to put these conspiracy theories out here and all these different scenarios, I think people have a right to feel this way. Justifiably so. Like I said, I understand the situation. I'm reserving my judgment till all the facts come out. But me personally... 
The only thing as of right now, until he's proven guilty to me, the only thing he's guilty of is lacking sex and paying for it. That, that's that's it. Like that that's that's what I feel like he's guilty of as of right now, until he goes to court and to like a jury of his peers, you know, says that he's guilty. In my honest opinion, that is how I feel about it. Now, if that happens and he's guilty, then I, I change that narrative. But I, I just feel like he he just a guy who likes sex. Why is he paying for it? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I have not not a clue. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Red Lewis uh, wouldn't be uh, scared of the fact of a vaccine. <laughs> Uh, it's not about journalism. It's uh, not about work. It's about money. Well, look, it's the thing. If you're passionate about something, it's a matter of time before, you know what I'm saying, you're going to end up getting paid for doing it because it's not going to be work. Now, I put it like this. I use this example all the time here. It's like going to Atlanta in a Prius or going to Atlanta in a Ferrari. Now, if you're driving in a Ferrari and you're going down Interstate I-20, if you're coming from South Carolina like I would, you would be, you'll get there pretty fast, right? But in that Prius, you probably won't go as fast as that Ferrari, but you're still going to get there. You got some people out here selling themselves in order for them to get a paycheck. And, and me, me personally, if you're passionate about something, it might take a little while for it to catch on. But when it catch on, though, People cannot deny you and things and opportunities are going to continue to present itself because you stay true to yourself. And there's one thing that people cannot deny you. They cannot deny your passion. If you're passionate about something, if you love what you're doing, like I love doing this, like broadcasting it is like the water that I drink. It is like the air that I breathe. If I feel like I can't get behind the mic, I don't feel like I can be expressive. I don't feel like if I can talk to you all and interact with you all, I feel like I feel like I would die. You know what I'm saying? That is passion. I don't think about, man, I get behind this mic. I'm going to make this amount of money. People going to donate this type of money. Yeah, I don't think about that kind of stuff because that's when it starts to become a job. If you're passionate about something, it might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year, two years. But when it catches on, People are going to love it because you're passionate about it. And no matter if you got haters watching it, people who love it watching it, they will not be able to deny you. Once again, when people are writing these articles, when people are doing things for this attention, it's only a matter of time before people realize that you're fake and they're not going to want to roll with you anymore. And the hardest thing you could possibly do it's to regain credibility in the media and broadcasting when you lose that level of trust between you and that other person, you and the person that's reading your articles. That is why it is so important for you to do your due diligence. And that's the reason why you have to continue to express your love through passion and not thinking about how much money you're going to get. When, when people start telling me about their ideas and building their, their businesses and stuff like that, if the next thing come out their mouth, they say, well, I'm a, I can make this amount of money. I'm like, man, I just stopped listening because it shouldn't be about that anymore. 
It shouldn't be about that. It should be about the love of whatever you're doing. Nobody will be able to deny you, folks. Rather, you want to start a podcast or you're doing something else that's independent or even on your job. If you love what you're doing, listen to me. If you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it, it's only a matter of time before the world sees you. You know, the worst thing you can do is try to make the world see you. Like, mm, what you know, to like, I'm pretty sure most people will tell you, and I, I hear this a lot. People say, like, the most attractive thing about a person is when they don't try so hard, right? It just naturally happened. Ladies, God walk up to you, you know what I'm saying, like, talks to you, interacts with you. Don't seem like he's trying so hard, but he has this level of confidence. You maybe you probably won't interested. Maybe you probably thinking about just getting them uh, you know what I'm saying, them green, them frozen green beans, so you can go ahead and make, you know what I'm saying, make that. Okay, make that food or go out here and get that chicken breast. You know what I'm saying? Like you at the store. I'm just using that as an example. But if he comes to you and he has this level of confidence and his assurance, and like you're gonna probably listen to him for a good little minute. Because it's just that confidence, you know what I'm saying, like that they have. Now, and they're not trying so hard. Same thing, right, right, guys? When, when you see a – I'm just using me as a pin, you know what I'm saying, when I was out here, when I see a girl that was over the top, like I like the people that's in the corner, you know what I'm saying, ain't trying to draw that much attention. But, you know, attractive and, you know what I'm saying, like that, that draws your attention. People that don't try hard. When you try hard, when you're doing the most, you can be the most attractive thing in the world. Nine times out of ten, from what I hear from friends and individuals, they're gonna say, Man, they 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 fine, but they, they trying a little bit too hard. Nobody likes somebody that try too hard. You know what I'm saying? People like people that they kind of laid back and lax. Gigatis says, uh, thank you for setting things straight. Much appreciated, TJ. Love uh that you keep uh doing you. Gigatis, thank you very much for the five dollars. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Look, we talk about everything here on the State of the Saints podcast. You know, I, I just try to be real. Um, <laughs> people love confidence, but they like people that don't try too hard. You know, and I had to learn that the hard way. I'm not speaking like I'm talking about other people. I used to do the same thing. I used to get behind the mic, try hard to try to make something work. Wasn't passionate about it. No passion behind it. And guess what? It never stick because I wasn't passionate about it. But when you love something, you're passionate about it, and you have this confidence about it, people are going to, going to feel you. It's almost like all the media has the same script to promote. I don't want to say everybody, uh, Carla. There, there's, some good, there's some good people out there with some, uh, some journalistic integrity. And I like to think a, a lot of my, you know, say a lot of the uh, beat writers from New Orleans Saints that I've come in contact with, uh raymond uh parts the third rp3 you know what i'm saying his uh morning show he has a level of integrity you you got people out here you know what i'm saying that's, that's really uh has this level of integrity but you have some people out here that just want to tell people uh what they feel like they want to hear and i get it man like people want to make money but i don't know you know i i when I was a, a freshman at Dillon University, I took this golf class um, and shouts out to Coach Jordan. Um, he was the first African-American uh, to play on the PGA Tour at a golf course in, in New Orleans. Um, he told me, man, this is something that stuck with me. This was way back in 2004. He said, 
if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. I mean, that always stuck with me. And it's like, if you always stay true to yourself, you don't have to worry about, oh, you know what I'm saying, thinking about this, thinking about that. If you stay true to yourself, you don't never, you know what I'm saying, you don't never have to think about backtracking. You never have to think about, oh, you know what I'm saying, like, I should have said this, should I say that? Just stay true to yourself. You know what I mean, that, that, that's what it's all about. Staying real, staying true to yourself. Uh, sometimes it happening wrong again. Uh, they are slowing uh, the signal down. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, man. Look, it's look a little got a little overcast over here, man. So probably that's probably the reason why. Journalistic integrity. I just wrote that down. Yeah, journalistic integrity is important, man. You gotta have it. Xavier says Winston QB one heal uh, every other position. <laughs> Uh, happy for you, uh, Demetrius uh, James. Uh, let me see, Demetrius. Let's go back. Trying to see what what. I'm sorry, I must have missed the comment with Demetrius. Eugene said, "Genesis six happened while I was a news reporter in nearby Alexandria. Reverend Jackson, Reverend Sharpton, and Dick Gregory showed up. That thing went sideways quick. Yeah, yeah, it did, and it changed me. It 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 changed me, man. Like seriously, you know." That, that situation changed me. That made me change the whole way I, I think about things. And I, I just think that you got to get away from that, that pitchfork mob mentality. You know, when you look at stuff on social media, we start to see one comment, two comments. I'm angry and you should be angry too. No, I shouldn't. Like, what am I supposed to be angry about? You know, like... Well, they did this, 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 that. That's like, man, come on, man. Like, tell me the whole story. Give me the skinny and let me figure it out on my own. Like, sometimes, like, we 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 overreact. Sometimes, like, we blow things out of proportion. And sometimes, like, we read the room so, so incorrectly. Like, so incorrectly. You know? They try too hard. Things is a negative when it comes to uh, dating too, fellas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man, you got to have this level of, of confidence, man. Don't forget Hill having feelings and he really wants to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look. I don't want to look. <laughs> look. <laughs> T, look, I get what you're saying. But. It ain't about feelings. It's about winning football games. And um, he's not the best choice. You know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, like, it, it has absolutely nothing to do. Like, that, we still – I still love him in a Hootay Nation. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I don't know about – I can't speak for everybody else, but I love Taysom Hill. Uh, can whomever announce uh, that's the starting quarterback probably going to happen in – I say leading up to week one. But they gonna know. They probably just gonna tell somebody. Don't tell them. I wanted Winston to start from jump. I just felt like Taysom doing what he's been doing. Uh, it's an extra weapon and some diversity uh, to the offense and keeps defenses guessing. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Coach Sean Payton, um, going to decide uh, to get Jameis Winston going uh, to the starting quarterback on the preseason finale and uh, regular uh, season for real. For real, TJ. I don't. Uh, 
even care about the second years players, coaches, and coordinators. Something to say about him. He's a great quarterback starter ever since he taught uh, from Drew Brees straight up. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that if that Drew Brees philosophy rubbed off on him. Jameis is the starter. I've never seen a positive uh, divide in entire fan base. Usually fans stick together, not ours. The hate is unwarranted because they wanted an easy transition from nine to seven for a multitude of reasons we all know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's true. And it's not all the same reason. And I, I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not, look, I, I, I am not going uh, to disrespect any of members of the white mem- white members of the who that nation that legitimately have a gripe like they wanted Taysom and they felt in their heart that he can be the starter i'm not talking about them you y'all cool well okay you if you have your reservations fine but i'm talking about those individuals that know <laughs> that know like 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 my like like they say in church like you know that you know that you know what the real reason is and, and you want to hide behind certain certain things that that are like low hanging fruit, like throwing a bunch of interceptions. Like you, you ain't fooling me, okay? Yeah, you ain't fooling your boy, okay? You ain't fooling me. You know, I I I, I can tell. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like not that everybody, like some people, like that I interact with, like they really want taste. They really feel. Like, like, shouts out to my guy, Mark. Like, Mark is a – Mark comes on here from time to time. He's probably listening right now. He's a, a Taysom Hill supporter, and I have no problem with that. And Terrence is a real legit Taysom Hill supporter, and I don't feel like it has absolutely nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying, like the way Jameis Winston looks. I just think that they really sincerely – Want this man to succeed, but you have individuals out there. I'm telling you, like the the the, the rhetoric is just so nonsensical that they, what they be talking about, and I just know where it comes from. It comes from a place of prejudice. Yes, I mean, it, and it does, you know, and and they just need to tell the truth and shame the devil. Period. You know. And for those that that have that bias, and I'm pretty sure you know they're you know they're they're Bible toters, and they'll say stuff like you know talk about the Bible and Jesus Christ. But since we want to talk about that, for those that that feel that way, I will say this to you: same Jesus Christ that you know you talk about with God and country. This is what I say to you: How can you love God who you never seen? And you hate your brother who you see every day. You know who said that? Jesus Christ. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Want to thank my guy RP3 Raymond Parts III from 103.7 The Game. Also want to thank... John DeShazer for being a guest of the, on the State of the Saints podcast. You can check out the interview I did with JD uh, before the interview I did with RP3. Uh, thank you all for your comments. Thank you for making this show what it is, man. One of the most exciting shows, man, on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Spotify. Thank you all so much, man. Thank you for your passion. Thank you so much, Who That Nation. 
Check out the State of the Saints podcast on tomorrow. My special guest will be Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. We're going to be talking to him about the New Orleans Saints and the NFC South, uh, getting us ready, uh, hopefully, for week one uh, versus the Green Bay Packers, man. So keep it locked right here uh, to the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Hit that like button. Give your boy a thumbs up if you enjoyed the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Thank you all so much, man. Appreciate the love. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?